0: This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com.
1: Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. This week, I sit down with Jessica Thompson to discuss the message behind her new devotional, How God Loves Us. 40 Days to Discovering His Character and the Fruits of the Spirit. We discuss how Christians typically view the fruit of the Spirit, why it is vital to understand that the same fruit we desire to bear is found in the character of God and we talk about being secure in God's love it is a rich conversation peppered with laughter I said on Instagram this week that I am sure if Jessica and I lived in the same town we would be fast friends uh, there is no doubt we had fun and I believe that it shows in this episode if you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, will you share it with a friend? If you share it on social media, please tag me at Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber. I would love to say hello and connect with you. Good morning, Jessica, and welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. Hi, hey, Amber. I'm am so excited to be on with you. I think it's going to be a great conversation as we're talking about very... I mean, known topic with the fruit of the spirit, but not necessarily from the perspective that you're going to bring it. And so as we launch into this conversation, go ahead, tell everybody a little about yourself, uh, your family and what you do on a day-to-day basis.
2: Okay. So I have three adult children. One is still in high school, but they graduate this year. So they're 18. So according to the law, they're an adult, but I don't know if I'd agree, but
1: maybe according to them too, right?
2: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, probably. So 23, 21 and 18, my, my 23 year old is about to graduate from college. Um, so that is the stage of life I am in. I work full time at my church. I'm on staff. Um, my job description, or I guess title is director of church life. I don't know what that means. I don't think anybody does yet, but I guess it's like in my mind, I like to think of it as like a cruise director. Like I want to do all, you know, be in all the fun stuff and make sure everybody's connected. And so I do that full time. I'm also, um, part of my work right now is I'm in seminary. I love so it. Uh, the church is supporting me going through seminary and I'm doing that through, um, something that. This is not a commercial, but I'm just going to tell everybody for anybody who's listening that's like seminary, I I would love to extend my learning. That's what I want to do. Okay, so I'm doing a completely online program uh, called uh, Redemption Seminary, and um, it's a different model of learning. So you don't have big tests or long papers, you meet with a mentor every week. And so you watch the lectures and you do have like a workbook you have to work through. And then um, you talk with a mentor and they talk to you, like ask you questions about what you've learned, what you know. And then the questions they ask, like kind of apply it to your life. So I'm loving it. I'm loving learning. I don't know who said it, but someone said like, education's wasted on the young. Like I feel like true story, right? True story. Like the, the older I get, the more I'm like, Oh, I want to learn. So, um, I'm doing that as well. Uh, seminary working full time. Wow. Have big kiddos, only ones at home. And, uh,
1: yeah, that's and you're life.
2: right. And uh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, <laughs> Um, finished the book that we're going to talk about, you know, how it is like you finish it like a year ago and then it comes out, but I actually just finished another book and, um, that'll come out next year. And so, but after that, I I don't have any, nothing to write, which my, my days feel so oddly empty without trying to think of something creative, which I feel like is so incredibly difficult for me. It does not flow from me. So, um. Yeah. And I, and I write, but right now I'm not writing and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to write. I'm grateful not to write. To take a break.
1: That's right. Well, and something I, what I've heard from writers is typically there's always something that's brewing. Yeah. Um, whether that comes to fruition or not, you're always, if you're not writing, you're thinking about writing.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and so Yes. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> And then I'm like, I don't even, I don't want to write anymore. Oh, it's so yeah. hard. It's so, and then I'm like, Oh, what about this? You know, mm. it's like this back and forth constantly, but yeah. Um, there it's is advanced. always something going on and, and going through seminary, I feel like I'm learning a lot. Yeah. So, um, that has been helpful as awesome. well in making me start to think about outside of my box, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah.
1: Well, tell me, I would love to set the stage with how people came to know Christ, like just briefly a little about your faith journey. Yeah. Um, I know you've been a believer for a long time, but I think that does help us understand a little bit.
2: So I grew up in a Christian home. I mean, if anybody is familiar with my writing, um, I also have a mom who's an author. Yes. Um, yes. Elise Fitzpatrick. And she is, you know, like every time she turns around, a book pops out. I don't know how she does it, but it's it so true.
1: Like, I was telling you earlier, like the conversation I had with Elise and Eric on my show is one of my favorites, yeah. but I was surprised. Even Elise was like, I'm just going to sit back and let Eric talk. Cause he was yeah. like, just bring in the heat. Yeah. And I was like, but I want to hear you talk too. So anyways, <laughs> go ahead. I didn't mean to hijack your story.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, grew up in a Christian home I, and actually my mom comes from. A family that isn't isn't Christian, um, but uh, my dad's family, my dad's side of the family, everybody was Christians, right? Like everybody's a missionary or a pastor or you know really involved in the church. And so I grew up learning really early on that the best way to keep everybody happy with me mm. and also out of my business would be to play the good girl, right? Mm. I did that with everything in me. Um, in kindergarten, I won Miss Christian character. I'm super proud. <laughs> um, That's a whole podcast conversation right there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I just went on to go like missions trips as a high schooler, uh, right out of high school, went into Bible college to get a degree in theology and was leading the junior high youth group at my church at that time. But I knew I wasn't a Christian. Um, I knew I didn't love God. Yeah, I was just playing a part. And uh And this was in college. Yeah, all the way through college, yeah. uh into college and a couple years into college, before our classes at the college I went to, we had to go to prayer. Nothing like mandatory prayer to make you love Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> kind of like mandatory chapel. Sorry, that's go ahead. Right. <laughs> See, that's the parts I'm telling you I should probably cut out. <laughs>
2: It's true though. It's true. Nothing like mandating a love for God uh, to make you, your heart just flame for love for him. But God did use it. Um, I was in prayer and typically I would just like nap or listen, if they had smartphones a million years ago, Mm -hmm. I would have been, you know, on social media. But, um, I just remember, and I'm going to use the word God spoke to me, but you understand what I mean? Like there was Mm -hmm. a stirring in my heart. God spoke to me and just said to me, like, all of your goodness isn't good enough.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So I got saved in Bible college Mm. and, um, which is a wild story. came home, talked to my parents and they're like, wait, what? Because I'm this whole time, the good kid, I'm the whole time, the kid that you, you know, like the other parents in church would look at that kid and be like, why can't you be like them? And, you know, I had a Bible verse on my letterman's jacket, all of it, like Mm. just, imagine it. I was doing all those outward things, but I was like what Jesus described, you know, this whitewashed tomb, like it looks clean on the outside inside, just dead rotting bones. Yeah. You know, all of my goodness wasn't good enough. And, and not only that, right. So that convicted me and was like, Oh, but that, that wasn't what made me love God. What made me love God was then uh, the, also the realization that he was good in my place that uh, Mm. Jesus Christ was that goodness that I needed. He did it all for me. I didn't have to act anymore. I didn't have to prove myself anymore. Um, I didn't have to attain to some level of outward spirituality that everybody would um, praise me for. Mm. I was free and forgiven and loved um, because of who he is, not because of who I am. So I got saved in Bible college and um, that is... (laughs) that is my story. We, uh, and then my mom and I wrote, give them grace, which is a parenting book. Um, and, and, during that time, which was, I think about 10 years ago, um, there was like a real renewal of love for Jesus and what he's done for me as we wrote that book, just thinking about, oh, it, it isn't, we just so easily fall back into, it's about outward performance. It's about the rules, And during that time, again, there was maybe like a year before it. And during that time that we wrote that book, there was just a renewal in my heart again, Mm -hmm. which I think is sort of like the Christian walk. Oh, yes. Um, Right. I mean, like over and over again, remembering, oh, it isn't about my performance. It's about his.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and trying to get your mind fully engaged, believing, and trusting that the only reason I do good is because of him, like what he yeah. has done for us. It's not an earning. Right. And, and it is a complicated thing, even as an adult. And so as I'm watching my kids, I'm just like, wow, to watch someone else try to process through that, that is a child. Yeah. It's, it's
2: hard. Yeah. Well, it's a tough concept and it is, I mean, so there is like, we, we should, our children, we should obey. Right. That's right. Yeah. And because it's the good life, it's, it's what he's laid out for us that says, you want to be happy. You want to be fulfilled. You want to flourish. You want to see other people flourish. Mm -hmm. Um, this is how, and so it is the good life. It's the blessed life to live a life of obedience, but, um, gosh, we don't, we, we take the reins or, mm-hmm. and, and go a totally different way and think this is what will bring me happiness. Or we try to earn our happiness right. by obeying it's, it's this, this constant um, dichotomy of these two different ideas at war within us all the time. And yes. some of us tend to err on the side of like, I'm going to obey to earn my happiness. That's more of our bent and others of us our bent is more like, I'm going to go find my own happiness. Um, and, and maybe our bent is different on the time of the month. It is for us, <laughs> that's right. you know, I just, I just think, uh, yeah, we're always warring between those, those two different ideas.
1: It is certainly attention, And that is what's so interesting. Cause if you are someone that's like you who grew up in the church, kind of the good girl, you know, you can sing the song for the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, yeah. peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I can, you don't want to hear me sing too much, but the, re- <laughs> the reality is, is you write about and how God loves us uh, really about how those are the characteristics of God. Yeah. And that is what matters first. Right. And that understanding that is actually what can help us live those out. First, talk about how do Christians typically think about the fruits of the spirit?
2: Most of the churches I've been, most of the people that I've talked to, um, most of the sermons I've heard um, have been the fruit of the spirit is a list of things for you to do. Mm-hmm. And we've just reduced it to a list. And and the problem with that. Again, I'm gonna set up this sort of either or for us. The problem with setting up the fruit of the spirit as a list is we end up in one of two places. Again, we either end up proud, and looking down on everybody else who isn't doing the fruit of the spirit that we have decided, like, I mean, let's be honest, anybody who looks at the fruit of the spirit is like, okay, I think I can take on one or two. Um, And so then you get proud about the one or two that you think you're killing. And then you are self-righteous and angry towards everybody who can't pull it together. you're like, I'm working Mm -hmm. so hard at being patient and kind. What's your problem? So we either end up proud. Right. So, and we do that with our kids too, you know, Sadly, um, yes. Yeah. Or we end up depressed, which is this other side that is like, I can't do it. I fail constantly. I'm just not going to try anymore. And so either one of those, when we, we make the fruit of the spirit a list about things that we should do, either one of those ends up in self-focus instead of um looking to Christ and looking to the one who did lived that life as a perfect human, fulfilling mm-hmm. every single fruit of the spirit every day, all day. Can you even imagine? And the self-control, really, the power that it took to be able to do that. You know, I mean, for us, when we have a temptation to be impatient or unkind, um, let's be honest, when we give into that temptation for a minute, it feels kind of good at first. You know, Mm -hmm. you feel a relief because you have this war going on. Uh, Like, I'm not going to eat that, you know, tenth. girl scout cookie. Not that that has ever happened in my life, but just <laughs> <Last theoretically. night>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to eat that 10th girl scout cookie. Cause that's too much. And then um, I war within myself. I shouldn't eat it. I'm gonna, I shouldn't eat it. I'm gonna, and not that girl scout cookies are inherently bad, but you understand like, Oh, I when- totally. Yeah. Okay. So I-, I give in and I eat it. And there's that moment that, that moment of relief. I'm not worrying anymore. Um, Jesus Christ never felt that moment of relief. Hmm. His whole life was a battle to live out the fruit of the Spirit perfectly. And God demonstrates his love for us in the fruit of the Spirit. And so I believe that we've taken the fruit of the Spirit, we've made it into a list of, a a to-do list for ourselves. And it's changed into this self-focus instead of what I think really engenders and, and makes the fruit of the spirit grow in our hearts, which is a look at God and a look at how he's loved us, how he's patient, how he's kind, how he's good. We look at him and how he's displayed all of these fruit of the mm-hmm. spirit towards us. And when we do that, it, it melts our heart. It, it softens our hard hearts. Um, and you can't help but feel like, oh, if he's been so patient with me, surely I can be patient with others. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about how patient he's been with you, there are times when you're like, I don't even care. I'm so mad. Right. But for the most part, the overarching theme of your life, if you're, if you're looking at how he's loved you, uh, it it moves your heart in a way to love others. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that we've done a disservice to just reduce it to this list of things that we can do when it's really a beautiful description of how we've been loved.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when you think about, cause I'm the type of person and I say this a lot on my show, like don't uh, the mantras really aren't that effective in people's lives, you know? Yeah. So I know that you're talking more about really getting to know the love of God, really yeah. getting to know the patience of God, really getting to know the gentleness of God. So that that's one of the first things that pops in your head. Yeah. If you get to the point where you actually realize you're being tempted before you react, right? Um, which God's still working on me. <laughs> so there's yeah. that. Not I mean, yeah. there's been progress, <laughs> but I feel like that's part of what your book does really well because you're really fleshing that out over the chapters of how you know who God is. And so, if you can think of maybe one of the fruit of the spirit, mm. uh, talk a little bit about maybe what you point out, what are some places in the word where God is X, Y, or Z?
2: I mean, there's so many. And and I, as I've gone, as I've written this book, mm-hmm. there are so many that have, God has used in my own life. Like the beauty of writing a book, right. Is that, yeah. uh, you get to really just sit in these truths and think about it. And, um, that has been so good for my heart and my soul. Um, I mean, getting paid to think about how God loves me. I'm down, <laughs> you know, right. I love it. So one of the ones that I have really loved, um, thinking about is God's goodness mm. towards me. And then this verse in Psalm 23, six says only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. As long as I live this thought of goodness, pursuing me, mm is not something i typically think about i always think of something bad pursuing me i'm always mm-hmm. like what's next what's coming to get me next and you know like i hate horror films i can't even watch i can't even watch the the trailers for scary movies mm-hmm. You know, I I literally, if I'm in a theater and a trailer for a scary movie comes on, like I have to close, put my hands over my ears and close my eyes. Cause I will end up having nightmares about any, I'm like such a wimp when it comes to that. Um, Everybody's like, you know, have you seen this movie, this movie? And I'm like, ah, no, even gremlins. Okay. You remember like, (laughs) that was so creepy though. That was was so creepy. creepy. Okay. Okay. Even Home Alone. Oh, um, really? Okay. I watched Home Alone recently with my kids and um, you know, like as a throwback and had nightmares that people broke into our house all night. Okay. I am oh so goodness. sensitive. I know it's ridiculous. I'm so sensitive when it comes to stuff like that, but you know, there's always that scene when they're like walking and you can see something in the background following them. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. always like, ah, go. <laughs> You know, um, but for us to remember that thing in the background that's following us is God's goodness. Mm. It's his faithful love. Like it's coming after us in such a beautiful way. And so I think for me, like to think about his goodness, just following me all the days of my life. So in the morning when I wake up and I think, what does this day um, have for me? And I'll be honest with you, the last three years of my life, have been the hardest ever. And that's due to a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the pandemic, obviously, one of them, but a lot of just interpersonal family stuff. Um, it has been, oh, the most heartbreaking, horrible last mm-hmm. three years of my life. But just to think this whole time, his goodness is like a creeper <laughs> <You know? laughs> right behind me and following me and pursuing me. And I believe that I really do. And, and, um, not to say that horrible, hard things don't happen. They have and, um, God, my heartbreaking, my heart is broken, but at the same time, I know his faithful love is pursuing me and his goodness is after me.
1: Yeah. And if whoever's listening, even just listening to what you're saying and I can see where focusing on that
0: Mm -hmm. in
1: turn gives you strength to then be good and demonstrate goodness to others. So that's the whole point of why you wrote what you wrote.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So
1: It's so easy to get, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It's this war to get, Mm. I mean, we slip back into that to-do list type thinking that we live in a world in church too, where it's all about a reward system. Mm. It's all about behavior modification. You know, like you said, growing up, I was the good girl. So Mm. of course, I mean, things, I was favored. I mean, that's the way that it works. Yeah. What are some ways you would encourage someone who's just constantly finding themselves going back to that, oh, I do this to earn God's favor. Oh, you know, I do these things so that I look good, so on and so forth.
2: Amber, I think the first thing I would say is go buy my book. No.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it is really great though because it points It's one of those well, and we'll talk about this in a minute because I want to know why you wrote a devotional. And now that I've read it, I understand actually, yeah. but go
2: ahead. You say what you were going to say. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I crack myself up. I'm going to keep laughing that I said that. Um, well, you know what I um, has been such a beautiful tool for me lately is breath prayers. Have you, do you, oh, I love read? breath prayers. Yeah. So when I start, so a breath prayer is you breathe in a saying, and then, uh, with that saying, uh, you breathe in. So for instance, Brennan Manning, who I love, he's an author that I love. Yeah. His breath prayer was this Abba father, inhale that, um, exhale. I belong to you. Oh yeah. That's so, a beautiful one. <laughs> inhale Abba father, exhale. I belong to you. Um, so for me, uh, breath prayers have gotten me through the last three years. Um, and I think, Taking a breath prayer and thinking whatever it is. So like for someone who feels like they're constantly striving to earn, um, inhale, I don't have to earn exhale. Your love is is for me. That's right. God is my provider. Perfect. You provide for me. Mm -hmm. That's it. Inhale. I don't have to perform exhale. God is my provider. Something like that. When, when you feel, and I think we really can start to feel when we're like anxious, angry. um worried, however it comes out in your life, because I think it comes out for each of us differently, Mm -hmm. we're all doing the same thing. But how we start to feel before that happens, um, it it comes out differently. So like for me, I get angry. If I'm trying really hard to be patient or to be kind or to um display loving kindness or to display love even, uh, when I am feeling like I can't do it, I get angry. Mm -hmm. And want to blame everybody else, you know, um, which is that self-righteous sort of you guys get, if you would just be, if you would just be quiet for 45 minutes during the day, I could be a kind mother. I I could love you better. (laughs) Yeah. If you would just not talk back, if that driver would just not cut me off, I'm sure deep down, I'm a beautiful person, (laughs) but when, (laughs) when that driver cuts me off and I scream at them Um, you know, and then I'm angry at them. And then that falls back into me being angry at myself Mm -hmm. and I'm a loser. And why can't I just get my act together? Why does it bother me so much that someone went out of turn at the four-way stop? Why, why does that ruin 30 minutes of my day? When I start to feel that, when I start to feel that, um, those breath prayers, just sort of meditating on who he is and what he's done. Um, that, that centering thought, that focus going from, gosh, I blew it again to, oh man, I'm loved. Mm -hmm. Um, that has been something very practical, uh, besides of course, reading my book, very practical (laughs) that has, um, helped me and sustained me through, um, Yeah. Through some difficult times. Well,
1: and I think the thing about breath prayers that I love is, I mean, I typically try to take them straight from scripture. So like, as I'm listening to you with the anger, oftentimes I will inhale, Lord, you are slow to anger Yeah. and exhale abounding in love because I need to be reminded that I'm not slow to anger and I don't always abound in love, but you do. And through me, I can too.
2: Yeah. That's a good, that's good. And I mean, breath prayers are, yeah, they're so easy to find in the scripture and just such a good way to meditate. There's also some different Instagram accounts that I think that even have breath prayers that have been very helpful to me as well. So tell us, why did you
1: decide to make How God Loves Us a devotional instead of a trade book?
2: This is such a, (laughs) I wish I had a really great story for this. Uh, It's such a funny story. And I was approached by Moody to write the, a book. And, um, that's not the funny part, although it should be. I was going like, to say, girl, you, that's awesome. <laughs> Why would you, Trillia, Trillia came to you. Yeah, Trilia. Okay. So Trillia and I are great friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was like, I want Trillia was like, I want you to write a book. And I was like, I have nothing to say again. This was about three years ago. And my life was, you know, I've just in a lot of pain like, I really have nothing to say. And she's like, oh, I think you do. (laughs) I was like, I I don't know. And she just asked me, like, if there was one thing that you could just talk about, what would it be? Mm. You know, she knew the answer. And I was like, I really just only want to talk about God's love for us in Christ, Mm. like what he's done for us. And she's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I was like, you're I know what you're doing, Trillia. And um, (laughs) then she was like, I was like, I I don't know if I have it in me to write a book, Mm -hmm. like a trade book. She's like, why don't we start with a devotional? And I was like, that sounds great. You know, that I don't know why it was just as hard as writing a trade book, but in my Mm -hmm. mind, that sounded a little bit easier. Um, So then we were talking about that. And then here's the thing that's so weird I asked her the other day, I said, how did the idea of talking about God displaying the fruit of the spirit come up. She was like, I don't even remember. Hmm. I thought it was her idea. Um, and she was like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) I don't remember it being my idea. Um, so we're just going to say that this was just the Holy spirit's work. Hmm. Um, I wish that I had some like great story that was like, here's how it all happened. And it unfolded beautifully. I don't remember, and I don't know if that is because of COVID, yeah. <laughs> like every, you know, like our memories are all weird now. I don't know what it is, but I really don't remember how this idea, um, came about. I, I think Trillia was trying to encourage me to write, um, and I think the devotional piece came out because she was like, why don't you just write a devotional, um, I can speak. I'm going to,
1: it's not prophetic. I'm just going to say yeah. that because yeah. I don't know, that seems to be a popular word lately. I'm I'm totally joking. Um, <laughs> so I honestly, um, I've not read the whole thing because of it's supposed to be 40 days and uh, I can yeah. be a rule follower. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I am. And sometimes I'm not, yeah. but it really did remind me of none like him by Jen Wilkin. Yeah. And what I appreciate and why I continue to actually use that as a devotional is the same reason why I like what you've done. It's not necessarily a devotional in the sense that it's one page and you start with the scripture at the top. And then at the bottom, there's a question. Yeah. It's really laying out parts of who God is. And it's not about us as much as it's about him. Right. Um, and so I could see parallels for that. And sometimes that's what I need a devotional to be not really something that tickles my ears, yeah, but actually something that is pointing me back to the character yeah. of God. And so I want people to hear that because for me, I am not a devotional buyer or reader, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this is not the same type of book as as you might think some devotionals are, which is, right. I kind of want to feel good about myself at the end. Now you don't make us feel bad, but it's yeah. about God is
2: what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. I, I, right. Absolutely. So I think the idea is it, it really, there isn't so much of a self-focus and a lot That's of right. devotionals even end with like, you know, what are you going to do differently? Yes. And I don't even want, I mean, that eventually should be in your thought process. Right. That's not even necessarily what I'm getting at. I mean, can we just take and I think probably reading through one of these is 5 minutes a day. Can we even just take 5 minutes of our day and think about him without any thought of now I'm going to be a better person. I just soak in the love of God. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting change and growth in your life. That's not what I'm saying, but I really believe the only way, and Jen talks about this, the only way that we have real growth in our life is as we behold him, we become more like him. Mm -hmm. And so the more we look at who he is, then hopefully the more we're changed into who he is. Like, um, from glory to glory, we behold him, we become like him. And so the more we see how glorious he is and beautiful he is and loving he is, the more we're transformed into his image, you know, a little bit here on earth, one day completely, you know, one day fully, Yeah. but for, for now, for here, being obsessed with yeah. um, how much we have been loved because of his character, not because of us.
1: That's right. And how do we Even know how to display Mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control if we don't even really know how He's displayed it. Well, of course, we can know that by modeling what we've seen in people that we love and care Mm -hmm. for us. But hopefully, even those people that we're emulating, their ultimate good, godly character comes from God.
2: Absolutely. And again, I think to some extent, There are practical things you can do to be a more patient person Mm -hmm. outwardly, but that inward change of heart where you actually want to be patient, Mm -hmm. you're not just doing it to like prove to yourself, you can do it. But that inward frame of heart where you, um, you are good, You, you are kind, you want that, it's not just like, uh, I'm going to do it because I have to, but you're, you're feeling kindness towards others. You feel love towards others. Well, that has its Genesis in what he's done for us, right? We mm-hmm. love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as we soak in that love from him, as we remind ourselves of that, oh man, it makes us want to love others. And then for the times it doesn't Amber, this is what's so beautiful. We're forgiven and loved anyway. That's right. Right. So it, it isn't this striving over and over again. It's a being set free Mm -hmm. to love, not because you have to earn something, but because he's changed your heart. That's right. And remembering
1: you cannot muster up Yeah. Strength to do those things. Right. So it really is from him. Well, Jessica, I am grateful for this work. And even if you started out thinking, no way, I'm a train wreck, I cannot do it right now, it certainly points to the faithfulness of God that he will use any story to impact his kingdom.
2: Right. He does. And he does. And so for people who are listening right now who are like, not my story, Um, yeah, yours. Yep. And um, I would share my story, but it's in a spot where I can't. Yep. So um, I just want you to know it's as bad as you're imagining. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yes, you, yep. yes, David, yes, Paul, yes, all of those people in the Bible whose lives were train wrecks. And he was just like, yeah, cool. I've got it. I'm going to show you how faithful I am. So yes, you. Absolutely. Well,
1: so if people want to uh, connect with you in some way, yeah. where do you hang out most of the time? Um, if that's
2: online at all. Uh, uh-huh. To be honest, it was TikTok, but I gave that up for Lent and I didn't post anything on TikTok. I just spent way too much time there. I know. Um, right? That is,
1: <laughs> listen, that is just... It's the time warp for real. My
2: gosh, so bad. I've been like, wow, I've gotten so much done since I've not been on TikTok. Uh, But you can find me, uh, my website is jessicathompson.co. Listen, Jessica Thompson is such a common name that um, I don't even get an M to my website. It's just (laughs) jessicathompson.co. And then also, and this is as to uh, explain why my, Twitter and Instagram handles seem so narcissistic. Um, Also, because there is no, like any variation of Jessica Thompson does not exist. So you're the, I am, I am the Jess Lou, L-O-U is Louise is my middle name. So the Jess Lou on Instagram and Twitter. I promise I'm not a narcissist, but I think all narcissists say that. Um, It's just because I couldn't (laughs) find anything that went with my name. So anyway, that's my story.
1: I'm sticking to it. (laughs) That's right. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I
2: really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Amber.
1: I hope you'll take a moment today and ponder how you've experienced God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and His self-control. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You can do that on social media. I hope that you'll tag me there at Grace Enough Podcast underscore amber if you do share it, or just simply text it or email to a friend who you think would be encouraged by today's conversation.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time!